Hi friend, welcome back to the Let's Talk Wildlife podcast. Thank you so, 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 so much for tuning in and a little quick thank you for all of the support and really kind words I received on last week's episode. Thank you so much. You are all just amazing humans, so thank you. This episode is very special to me in a sense that this animal is spectacular. It also has many traits and characteristics and it has adapted so well into its environment to be able to thrive. I have been fortunate enough to have quite a few interactions in the wild which every single time I see it or I get to research about this species I am amazed still. It is truly incredible and I'm very excited to finally be recording and releasing this episode. So welcome to the Let's Talk Wildlife podcast. This is our conversation on wombats. So what is a wombat? So a wombat is a mammal and it is a part of our marsupial mammals. So there's three different groups of mammals. You have our marsupials our monotremes, which we spoke about in last week's episode, and our placentale. And that includes us and horses and whales. I I was actually thinking a little bit off topic here, but I had an idea. And please do let me know if you would like to see an episode about this. But I was thinking of just bringing it all the way back down to the basics. And instead of having a conversation about one species for the whole episode, just cover basics and and talk about what, I guess, animals are. Because I think when we speak about animals, we think of wombats and, and whales. and But, I mean, there are two types. You also have our sponges and our coral. So, I don't know. It was a thought. Let me know if you would like to see an episode just about different groups and what means what. But the wombat is a marsupial, so just like our Tasmanian devils, our kangaroos, and also our extinct, yet still remarkable and still sits on my mind every single day, is the thylacine. So a good way to remember what a marsupial is, it's a mammal with a pouch, and it has a significantly shorter gestation period, unlike our placentile mammals. The name Wombat comes from the Yora Aboriginal community, which were the original inhabitants of our Sydney area. I really love to learn about not just our history with our wildlife, but also our history in general. So I think it's it's rather fascinating when you can put two and two together and work out, because I always wonder why things are called what they are or how it came to be, where it originated from. So that's a little bit of history about the name Wombat. Koalas are the closest living relative to our beautiful wombats. They are endemic to Australia and they are known to be the largest borrowing animals in the world. There are three species of our wombats. The northern hairy-nosed, which once had quite a broad range in three of our eastern mainland states. It now only inhabits two sites 
in Queensland alone. It is critically endangered and unfortunately it is the rarest mammal in the world with roughly around 138 left in the wild and we will definitely cover what we can be doing to protect our wombats, why they are so endangered so we can know the problem to fix the problem. We have our southern hairy-nosed wombat as well, which is near threatened. Populations are in decline in South Australia, and a few have been recorded in Western Australia and New South Wales. Last but not least, our common wombat. It was once widespread through southern Australia. It now resides in eastern New South Wales, Victoria, South Australia, and of course, Tasmania. Not very true to its name, it is not common amongst the three, it most definitely is, but in its own populations they are declining as well. There is an overall population of around 60,000 to 130,000 of our wombats in Australia. How can we tell these three different species apart? They are quite similar, but they do vary slightly. They all, though, can reach speeds uh, to around 40 kilometers an hour and they roughly live around 15 years of age in the wild. I believe there was a wombat that celebrated its birthday which was the longest living modern wombat reaching the age of 29. So happy 29th birthday to that that little guy. They all vary in color on their fur from brown to tan to gray. They have stubby tails, they have much larger skulls and can reach around a meter even more 1.3 meters long and weigh anywhere between 20 and 36 kilograms for an adult so a little difference between the common wombat and our other two species the common wombat has a bare-skinned nose their coat is much shorter and a bit more coarse their ears are much smaller and rounded as well. In contrast, our northern and our southern hairy-nosed wombats have longer silkier fur and they have much longer pointier ears than our common wombats. The males are much larger than the females except in the northern hairy-nosed. The females are slightly larger than the males. They all live in burrows. They create tunnels and complex chambers and can extend to about 150 meters in radius. They do this with their gigantically long claws. They are, they are diggers. They are known for their digging and this is what they can create with it. And because they are diggers and they are marsupials, they have a pouch. Like our koalas and our Tasmanian devils, the pouch is facing forwards. You may see a kangaroo's pouch. Uh, that's a quite often thing to see here in Australia. But because a wombat digs dirt and soil a lot, it has evolved to make sure that it's not flicking that dirt into its pouch where its joey could be. So the pouch actually faces backwards. They have evolved... Uh, in a much more intelligent way. <laughs> they are ahead of their time. Most wombats are solitary, but burrows can house a ton of individuals from 20 to 50, even to 100 in some species. They sleep just like their close relative, the koala, for quite a while. 
In one day, they can sleep up to 16 hours in their burrows. Their burrows are a nice sleep ground, but it also plays a significant role in providing protection for the wombat from predators, bushfires, and of course the harsh, hot Australian summers that we get here. Now, the male wombat is extremely territorial about feeding grounds and males will come and fight. They run towards each other, they butt heads, uh, they use their their behind to protect themselves and sometimes they, if they are being chased by a predator, they will actually run down into their burrow, use their behind to make a trap at the front of the burrow and kill the, the, the predator, whichever uh, animal is chasing them. But they mark their territories with scat and also scent trails. A really interesting fact about the wombat is it's it's extremely easy to identify where a wombat might be or if you're in wombat territory out in the wild. You can identify them by their scat. It is cube-shaped. <laughs> it is not round, it is cubed. And it's really interesting to see. When have you ever been so interested in scat. I don't know. <laughs> so the reasoning behind this is, so wombats have an extremely long and longer than the majority of animals, a long digestive process, which can take anywhere between 14 and 18 days. So that means that their digestive tract is also long and why it takes 14 to 18 days to digest is to absorb as much nutrients and water as possible. This is why their scat will be extremely dry and compacted when it comes out is because the wombat has excreted as much water out of that as possible. They also absorb a lot of nutrients out of their food. They eat a lot of grass and shrubs. They are herbivores so they need a lot of nutrients to survive. They live in a variety of habitats, um, all of our three species from forests and mountains, even to coastal shrublands. Just a little side note about their cube-shaped poop. So scientists for quite a while were in a bit of a predicament. They weren't too sure why this animal's scat was shaped in a much different way to other animals, even that lived in the same habitats and shared the same diet. Why <laughs> was it so different? It may be a territorial thing to mark its territory, especially the males. When it's a cube shaped, it doesn't have the opportunity to roll away. Uh, this may be it, but it also could be a key communication device. So wombats will leave their scat uh, by entrances and by rocks to communicate with their own species, with their own group. Researchers in Tasmania also did a lot of lab tests and they discovered that the intestine of the wombat is around 33 feet long. That is 10 times longer than the wombat's body in length. That is incredible. Wow. So just like our capybara and our beavers, rodents in general, the wombat's teeth continually grow, so they need something a little bit harder than the grass that they consume to 
wear their teeth down. Something that's truly remarkable about our southern hairy-nosed wombat is they have evolved and they are well adapted to our hot weather and our hot environments here. So they have an extremely low metabolic rate, which is why it takes around two weeks to digest just one meal. The southern hairy-nosed wombat also has one of the lowest water requirements of all mammals. And this comes back to them extracting it out of their what they consume before they scat. <laughs> the wombat's ancestors evolved between 55 and 26 million years ago. Scientists have discovered that around 12 species actually flourished right up until our ice age. And the ancient wombat which lived around 2.6 million years ago to 12,000, which means they did exist and live alongside our fellow human species. In Victoria, between the early 1900s to around 1960, the late 1960s, there was actually a bounty system. Uh, it was in place for our wombats. And around 64,000 wombats were killed in just 16 years. There was a $1 bounty on each individual. This could have just been for hunting, for consumption, but they were viewed as pests by even our European settlers. They did a lot of fence damage. They had a lot of grazing competition with livestock, with cows and, and sheep and, and goat. So they seen them as a pest. Fortunately, most areas now um, have our wombats protected they are still on a decline though there are a few things that come into play with this so let's cover that and let's talk a little bit about how we can help our wombats because they are significant to the environment they play a crucial role they increase nutrient cycling in our soil they soften soils for plant regrowth as well somewhat similar to our platypus in last week's episode land clearing has one of the biggest impacts on our wombats but just all of our species in general introduced and endemic diseases car incidents uh, also and one that affects our wombats is poison which is meant for our dogs and our foxes but unfortunately this also kills our wombats there are a few treatable <laughs> things that we can be doing and there are also a few organisations that I do truly respect. I think that they are doing an incredible job. The first is the Wombat Foundation. So they are a research team and they are trying to understand the wombats better. They are trying to understand our earth as a whole and how we can come together to conserve our wombats and our wildlife. The Wombat Project is also another great one. They are, I believe they were founded in the early 1900s. 1909 is ringing a bell, maybe just because it sounds <laughs> cool, but they were founded in early 1900s by a group of bushwalkers. They are a non-profit organization. They are there and they are trying to educate others about our little wombats 
they are trying to educate us on conservation, on our fauna and our flora. They are really playing a vital role in repopulating our wombats as well. So supporting an organisation is a great one, but what can we do at home if we don't have the time or the money to support that is completely fine there are little things that we can be adding into our lives to help protect our wombat species so speaking to environmental ministers is a great one um staying on top of news and being educated educating ourselves and also educating others having conversations about these topics it may be a little bit tough to speak about land clearing and how many of our native species we wipe out whilst doing that but it's really important we also need to help preserve our wilderness so back to the land clearing is a it's a no-go we need to be preserving our forests and our bushlands to allow perfect living conditions for our wombats and for our wildlife Wombats are quite friendly. That does not mean in any way, shape or form to approach. We never approach. We always respect and admire them from afar, just like they do us. I'm sure that they are so curious about what these huge, giant things are walking with these funny legs and arms, but they never approach us in a harmful way and we shall never approach any of our wildlife like that as well. If you do come across an injured wombat, which is, it can be expected, which is unfortunate, but always stop over. I know some people say they don't have time or that may be the case, but if you do, please stop over in a safe area off the road. Call animal rescues, RSPCA, there are rescues that do specialise in certain animals as well so you may need to research if there's any wombat rescue centers near you i i know i have quite a few american listeners on here so thank you for listening uh, all the way <laughs> in the states but in australia might be the same there i'm not too sure when let's say a kangaroo has been hit the council will come out and spray paint um just a little like check mark or an x on them just to signify that they have been checked, they have been, it's been recorded, it's been, you know, they have no joey in their pouch and that's something that's really important as well, why you should stop over and check our animals is they may have a joey on them that did survive and we don't want them to, to starve or to freeze to death if it's a cold night. So always remove dead animals off the road as well. This is a huge accident causer for humans so swerving and then it's just mayhem from there so just always I guess be a good person and I mean treat animals how even you would want to be treated it's just we're an animal in a sense we're a species we you know evolved from you know the same common ancestor so it's it's just it's really important to act with kindness so always remember to check injured animals But thank you so much if you have made it all the way to the end of this episode. Recording is honestly one of my favourite things to do. I had so much fun researching the wombat and I hope you learnt a little bit and if you didn't know a lot about the wombat, know a little bit now and I hope hope it sparked an interest as well. 
Australia surely does have some incredible uh, wildlife, but so many remarkable wildlife on other continents and in other countries as well. But I think our wombat is truly remarkable. So thank you for listening in. Thank you for taking the time. I appreciate it. And I will be seeing you this time next week.